Hello and welcome to episode 368 of the Fabulous Pelton Cast, sponsored by our friends at Pagliacci Pizza. I'm your co-host, Kevin Pelton. And I'm Tristan Carcino. And we are back, coming to you back from Renton, Washington, home of Jackson, Super Bowl Smith, and Jigba. Oh, oh, sorry, the Super Bowl 48 cha- champion, Seattle Seahawks. Wow. We're the just, whole team. We're just turning the pot over to Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. I think, you know what? We could just Seattle Sports Figure of the Year 2023, <laughs> June 12th. It's done. Right. The race is over. I'm going to save it to award it to him in like 2026. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to give it to the whole rookie class? <laughs> it, it, I gave it, you an idea it already. It isn't. But what if last year was Julio Rodriguez's <laughs> best year? <laughs> I mean. It won't be. But. Maybe it wasn't the best everything in baseball that. is certain guy. <laughs> <laughs> that that does sound like me. Uh can hashtag uh at can predict baseball on Twitter. Uh well let's get into it because we've got a lot of toast to get to. It's right. shocking amount of it. It's, it's almost an all toast podcast. Oh, I love those. They're Very honestly rundown. When we do all rundown podcasts, not actually my favorite, but all toasts. Those are my, my favorite podcasts. All toasts. Here we go. Uh, we can we... toast anything, too. <laughs> That's the thing about toasts. <laughs> wow. Challenge And accepted. also, anything could be run down. <laughs> I suppose. That's you can true. expositorily talk about any information while I sit here and go, oh, ooh, wow. <laughs> well, I'm going to sit here and expositorily talk about this week's beer. Hello. Which is not technically part of our search for Seattle's best IPA. Oh, I no. still figured we should do it anyway. From our friends at Future Primitive Brewing in White Center, Washington. It's the Queer Bear IPA, brewed in collaboration with and supporting our friends at White Center Pride. This IPA is packed full of Citra Cryo, Cashmere, and Galaxy hops. Fantastic light body that supports the hops is clean and summery, clocking in at 6% ABV. This is a perfect beer for the warm summer Pride celebration. All right. And it is a very much a summer night in Seattle tonight after a weekend that was not so summery, I would have to say. You're also this week going to try the uh, Tropical Staycation IPA from Rooftop Brewing that I had a couple weeks ago when we were recording remotely, but had not yet gotten uh, one of those to you. Well, we start with the big one. Congrats to Sue Bird on having her number 10. Congrats to Third Pelton Brother. There we go. Sue Bird there we on go. having her number 10 jersey retired and raised the Climate Pledge Arena rafters during a three-hour ceremony. That was... On Sunday. There are a lot of things that are not three hours. <laughs> I went to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or whatever, and that I was like, whoa, that movie's two and a half hours? This is kind of a kid's movie. That's long. And then all of a sudden, I see that the Sue Bird retirement ceremony, I saw that you were tweeting about it, and I was like, this game has to be over. <laughs> the ceremony started 14 hours ago. <laughs> uh, I just kept tweeting. Uh, so... It was so long that we passed daylight savings time, so there was an extra hour wow. on top. Wow. Uh, fourth talking taco, to- not fourth talking taco time co-host Randy Cote. <laughs> I mean, he was the fourth co-host. He was, he was the chronologically. Uh, not wh- not fourth quality wise. No, no. He is first talking taco time co-host. One A. I think it's him and Chris. <laughs> okay, we're okay. we're pretty distant distant third and fourth in this packing order. Uh, and he was all pecking orders. He was also well. No, there's only two of us on this podcast. We by Some, somehow behind Keith. <laughs> exactly. 
uh, in her continuing uh, uh, effort to use the by default two sweetest words in the English language joke every week on this podcast. <laughs> Again, we are top two by default. Uh, he he was in the building and texting me throughout the ceremony. Randy was. Yes. Okay. And like I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> how like, how much longer I, is there? I'm I did really to, hungry. I did have to I have children break. at home. <laughs> like I don't what was he texting you during this? Uh about at one point Tristan he, was hired and fired by the storm in the process of the ceremony. At one point he proffered an over under on when the jersey would actually be raised, which wasn't that far off, but I said which day. <laughs> there you go. Which I, I felt pretty good Let's about. Let's remember some jokes. <laughs> oh, uh, always a favorite segment on this podcast. So, yeah, the uh, this ceremony was scheduled to go 45 minutes to an hour. Are you joking? I am not joking. People just kept talking? The speeches for the speakers who were not Subert, who were talking about her, were supposed to, I think, be like three to five minutes. Was this Logan Roy's funeral? People were just going up there? No, no. I mean, it was a scheduled Cousin trip. Greg couldn't stop Macklemore from giving a speech? So Macklemore was the co-host. Okay. Along with Megan Rapino. Did not get a chance to ask about the banner. What? Macklemore wasn't available for the media after. <laughs> he was not. He was like, I need to get the fuck out of he this place. He did not have an availability. <laughs> Nor did Megan Rapino for us to ask about her calf injury, but more on that later in the pod. Oh, wow. Uh... And they averaged probably about 15 to 20 minutes each. How many speakers were there? Uh, So Storm co-owners, Jenny Gilder and Lisa Brummel spoke. Uh, I think Swin Cash was next after them. Uh, Sue's agent, Lindsay Kagawas. Colas spoke. Oh, people love to hear from agents. (laughs) You said that from experience. (laughs) Former. (laughs) I can't believe we're agents. (laughs) Former Storm coach, Jenny Busek. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Lauren Jackson, Rapino did the intro of Sue Bird, and then then Bird took the microphone. That many speeches took three hours. Well, they took an hour and twenty minutes, and, and then, then Sue? Sue took an hour and a half all by herself. Sue talked for an hour and a half. It was basically like a a one woman chat. Oh my! She's Bill Simmons on the Lost podcast. <laughs> Not Lost, sorry, on the well, Castaway cause, podcast. Because it's she had an audience. It's like performing a one one person show. That was not a tight five. <laughs> I mean, she did have twenty one years to pack into there, and she went back to basically her entire basketball career, her entire athletics career, monologue style, monologue style. How much water did she drink in between? Not that much, I don't think. Her mouth must have been so dry for talking for an hour and a half. It was a very long time to talk. Speaking everybody else, I feel like spoken. everybody else's approach to this is like, what a wonderful ceremony. It's a celebration of Subert's career. And I'm just like, you, I feel like I would have been there being like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> She's still going. It would have been at like minute 15 that I would have been like, she's only in her rookie year right now. She like said she had seven pages. Before she started, and uh, you know, she kept giving an update on which page she was on. Seven pages does not. I did those note cards for the Jared Kellenic hot takes of the Pelton Cast Live. <laughs> I was like, this might take five minutes, and it took two and a half. Wow! No, I'm 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 not even mad. I'm just impressed 
that's that any human being could give a monologue for that long but about so we, themselves. <laughs> no, it wasn't really about herself. <laughs> it was thanking everybody who had contributed to George Ernie. Yeah. That and was she the also... first podcast that we recorded. Let me take you back to Kevin's kitchen table in Boulevard <laughs> Park. <laughs> wow, when we get to episode, <laughs> or we're coming up on the ten year anniversary I'll be like, Kevin, of the Pelton. Let cast. me take this entire podcast myself two hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to produce. And then Steve Sarkeesian took the USC head coaching job. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a big day! Our first emergency <laughs> pod. That was the first of many emergency pods. And then we recorded one about the Seahawks beating the Saints on Monday Night Football later yeah, that night. That was... but we can we can reminisce about that at the 10-year anniversary of the Pelton cast coming up later this year. Wow. 10 years. I know. But one of the most important parts of Sue's speech was she basically laid out the case for herself as Seattle's most Seattle person. <laughs> she made fun of people using umbrellas. Uh, How she did was this pronouncing... come up? Local place saves. Just talking about you how... were tweeting about that, and I was like, "When did Sue Bird talk about people with umbrellas?" She it was a wide ranging. It was, but she was talking about how originally when she was drafted, Seattle was like, or when when the storm won the lottery, and she figured she was going to go to Seattle as the number one pick. That she was like, "Where is Seattle? That's so far away." And that now Seattle is home, and she considers herself a Seattleite, and therefore does not use umbrellas. Okay. So it was it it was impressive in terms of again just like her Seattle bona fides. Okay, what were other Seattle bona fides? Okay, what, was, what else what is the rest of her case for Seattle's? I, I remember she had some pretty good burger takes. She knew what was up with Seattle burgers. She did. Yes, when she she came on the pod during our burger search or right before it. Uh I forget what else was in the list of Seattle criteria, but it there was some other reference that was unrelated to that. It was like, oh, that's a very Seattle thing. You said she you pronounced Puyallup correctly. Yes. Did she work squim in there? She did not use squim, which Monsanto. was a bit of, a, bit of an upset. <laughs> bit of an upset? I know Sammamish was in there. Sammamish? Well. Yeah. That one's not as hard to pronounce. Still. Mm. Oh, there was also like... Okay, so here's some good ones. Uh, she told a story about how when she first got here, she thought that the Ballard Fred Meyer was like the only grocery store. So anytime she had to get groceries, she would go to In the Ballard Fred Meyer. And then someone pointed out to her that there was a Larry's, at the time, a Larry's Market, now the Met Market, uh-huh. on Mercer Street, right down the street from the store practice. That or, was a or, from Larry's the Market? Center. Yeah, that was what it originally was. Yeah. The Met Market on Mercer? Yeah. Whoa! That's I had forgotten my that time. one. Yeah. Uh, she talked about her evolution of her favorite restaurants. Uh, I forget what all was in there. Wasabi was in there. That was back in the day. How Taco to Cook time, a Wolf did, per- did, an did not no. make an appearance. Oh, cool. And the evolution of her favorite bar from karaoke at Aussies every night. Oh, uh, boy. I, look, we all had our Aussies uh-huh. face in our 20s, much like so. Whew. Uh, Wild Rose was in there uh, and then ended up at, at I, I think it was 90s Night at Havana was the the ultimate incarnation there. Okay. So Wild oh, Rose. Kangaroo and Kiwi was also in there, obviously. The Lauren Jackson connection. So there were a couple of other like geographical ones that were just like, Sue knows what's up here. Only only us other true Seattleites are getting these references. Tell me about this goat shirt you have as well. For this Sue is Bird. actually from last season. Oh, okay. That's a, That's an age, aged goat shirt for Sue Bird. Correct. Okay. So if she is Seattle's most Seattle person, she's now been retired by the storm. They've used their one three-hour ceremony. You said this was the longest ceremony in the history of time. Again, I can't, there's not like, I can't go to 
ESPN stats and info group and be like, hey, what's the longest retirement severe money? There's not a database of that. <laughs> but I, one of the things I looked of for... Of any person in any profession. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I looked for is like, so the longer ones typically occur when they do it is just its own night. Uh-huh. So I remembered, for example, that the Celtics had done this with Larry Bird. Magic Johnson famously flew in to surprise him at this. I looked that one up. It was about an hour and a half. <laughs> Michael Jordan, they did a ceremony in 1994 during his first retirement to retire the number 23 before he came back wearing the 4-5. Two hours, according to the contemporary <laughs> media reports. And then, like, all the other people you could think of, I, I looked mostly NBA. Uh all the other ones were like in conjunction with games. They were like 50 minutes at the longest. Uh-huh. Like Kobe's was just retired at halftime or his two jerseys. <laughs> his two jerseys. Because they retired eight and 24 for the late Kobe Bryant. Wow. I looked up Derek Jeter. His was about an hour. <laughs> Sylvia Fowles of the Minnesota Lynx had her jersey retired same day. Uh, also on Sunday. Same day as Sue. Okay. Yeah, 50 minutes. Yeah. After the post-game celebration. It would have been funny. That game started much later. So the the Sioux ceremony did end before the Sylvia Fowles ceremony, but if it had started, if it had like entirely encompassed the Sylvia Fowles one, that would have been pretty amusing. But like I said, I mean, we were, I wish we would have known and had maybe taken an intermission so people could go to the bathroom and get yeah. snacks. <laughs> yes. But I mean, Sue's speech was terrific. Of course it was. She's, she's so good at public speaking. So that, I'm again. I'm impressed. So Sue now is the goat of retirement ceremonies. In- yes. Undisputed. I, I, I don't want to say undisputed. Someone may find a longer one out there, but I haven't found it yet. Pro- I mean, we have never, we've recorded some long Pelton casts. I don't think we've ever even been to three hours and there are oh, two God of us no. talking. God, no. The longest monologue I ever gave was last week's Mariners hot takes. And that was like a minute and a half. I think you've had longer <laughs> monologues than that. <laughs> Uh, having conceptual thoughts about the Seahawks. But, okay, one last time. Sue Bird now has had her number retired in Seattle. She's a Seattleite. Where does she rank at this moment? Obviously, this is an, it, it's an evolving list. Seattle sports history. Where is Sue Bird? I mean, I had her at the top the last time we did this conversation, so she hasn't dropped down. She doesn't, like, is that like Russell Wilson passed her in the last six months? <laughs> Honestly, he did some pretty good work for the city of Seattle. Fair, fair. Good point. We can thank him for Devin Witherspoon. Uh, and he, probably Jackson's decision, because you know they were not going to draft him if we'll he was to- the only first round pick. We'll have a toast to this later, but he he did bring, uh, he was in the building to bring Denver a championship. Oh, Russell Wilson was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, for Sue? That's wild. <laughs> oh, no, he was he was not. Uh uh, who was in the building? He was maybe a part owner of the storm for a period of time. No. Oh, okay. Sounders. Only the Sounders? Yes. And, and in the Seattle, like the Sonics Arena group, he's still part of that. Uh, so she's number one, head of Griffey? I think so. I mean, the four championships, that's hard to beat. Okay. Who's number two? And are Sean Kemp and Gary Payton one single person? <laughs> Ideally, if you're doing a Mount Rushmore, you put the two of their heads onto one head so that you can fit five people on there on your Mount Rushmore. Uh, what about Don James? I think it's tougher for a coach to be that high. I think I have Russ number two, just wow. because 
championship again. Okay. So, Sue Bird, greatest athlete in the city of Seattle. Yeah. Longest retirement ceremony yeah. in city- Seattle history. Again, all professions. <laughs> I mean, if there was like someone who spoke for an hour and a half when they were retiring from like the water department, <laughs> that would be really impressive. <laughs> I have a vague memory of our grandfather having a uh, retirement party when he retired from the water department. <laughs> that's where you were thinking the water department? Yeah, that's why it was in my head. The whole party I, probably wasn't even three hours long. I doubt he spoke for an hour and a half. Grandpa? <laughs> I th- doubt he spoke for a minute and a half. <laughs> oh, my God. Sue Bird clearly hasn't been in the war. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Not the, oh not the greatest generation. <laughs> Something about you speaking for an hour and a half about yourself tells me you haven't seen some things. Not about herself. (laughs) It was primarily to thank a lot of people. And she had many nice shout outs to many members of the organization, uh, many of whom were there. So, when you always have that good joke you made to Randy. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, That's awesome. I'll give an hour and a half speech about that joke (laughs) when I retire. (laughs) When we retire from the Belton cast. Uh, I was thinking about retiring from the Belton cast this week. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, it's good news. Your your youngest son is ready to take over. He was <laughs> fake recording a podcast earlier and said he was filling in for you with me. <laughs> I love that. That's but he, we also learned in. earlier this evening that he does not know who Sue Bird is. Although then he, then he did put it together. And was able to conclude at the end that she was a WNBA player. He's really good at context clues. Yeah. <clears throat> Quite good. Okay. Almost as good as uh, flipping people off. Uh, <laughs> he's, no, that's okay, what this... he's best at. <laughs> <laughs> he could give a three-hour ceremony on how to do it. <laughs> oh, and would. Uh, our next toast, I alluded to this. Congrats to the two former Sonics who were part of the Nuggets championship. Obviously, Jeff Green. Oh, Wow. 2007 is he, is he the Sonics longest game? tenured? You're, you're aware of who else was on that team, right? Who else was on the team? In 2007-08? Kevin Durant. Yes. He's still going, as it turns out. Okay. But pretty amazing the that the two of them. the longest tenured NBA players at this point? So Udonis Haslam has just retired. Did he, did he retire? He has officially retired. The, the, tonight was his last game. Okay. He was on the roster. Oh, yeah. He's basically a coach, though. Oh, the, but he occasionally cameos in games. Is there any well LeBron? I, I, LeBron oh, yeah, answer. LeBron. <laughs> I was gonna say there's some really big player. Yeah, there's an obvious one. You know he saw the length of that ceremony and was like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> I'm coming." <laughs> LeBron is not gonna not be the goat of everything. That's a that's a good and fair take. We will wait and see. Did Sue Bird has the goat title of retirement ceremonies for now. Challenge accepted. The Derek Jeter one being really short, I think, is really funny. Yeah, that's, that was the one I really thought. I mean, Tom Brady hasn't had his jersey retired. I feel like that one could be could be pretty long. A lot of people need to speak. Exactly. I don't think Brady's talking for an hour and a half about himself. I, I agree. Again, not about herself. About her journey. Everyone who was involved along the way. So many shout-outs. Uh, okay, so Jeff Green, one of the last two remaining <clears throat> players from the 07-08 Sonics team. Okay. Uh, which... Now boasts a at least one NBA head coach because Adrian Griffin was recently hired as head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Really? He was part of that team with them, and he was on that team. Adrian yeah. Griffin. 
I'd have to go check whether there's any other coaches <laughs> from that team. Uh, incredible basketball are you just journey looking, for Jeff Green. How old are we right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm well aware how old we are. God. Incredible basketball journey for Jeff Green. Uh, had the season he had to miss due to heart surgery. Had he won a championship before this? No. Really? He was on the Cavs and made the finals in, in 2018, but that was the year they were swept. So... This was a first for him. Okay, who is the second member of the... Kelvin Booth. Oh, and the lead executive. The, is he a GM, lead executive? Yeah. You know who else was part of building this Nuggets roster on a very technical level? Who is that? Sue Bird. Oh, on a very technical level? Well, she spent a year as an intern there <laughs> yeah. in the front office. I don't, I don't think she did. I don't think she did. Yeah. <laughs> Taught him everything he knows. He didn't know how to pass before Sue. Uh, but Kelvin Booth, the... Uh, I I think he's president at this point. I don't know if he got promoted from GM, but he's the lead decision maker for the Nuggets at this point and was the one who made the trade to add Contavious Caldwell-Pope as the last piece to their starting lineup, signed Bruce Brown Jr., who was invaluable for them off the bench, drafted Christian Brown, who played key role in the finals as a rookie. So really impressive stuff from Calvin Booth. Uh, did he make the Aaron Gordon trade? Oral Watson has also been a head coach from that team, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. years ago I mean, also, he was, right? Yes. He was part of that front office, but Tim Connolly was the lead decision maker at that point before leaving to go to Minnesota. I, I was thinking of this Nuggets championship, and there's so many different people who played a part in the Nuggets championship or whatever, right? Yeah. No, I'm not even... I'm not oh, I leading... this is going to be a three-hour show. Speech no, joke. no, I'm not, I'm not leading to a joke or anything here. Oh, okay. But I was just thinking about it and how one really, 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 really good player can make everything else look really good around them. Yeah. And I... As much as... I don't hate Jokic or whatever... I will be a lifelong Nuggets hater because of past history and then also even more recent Blazers history, probably. It's not like a strong feeling. It's just like a mild distaste. <laughs> but seeing everything that Jokic does is just like, in this moment or whatever, I feel like he's the next level of basketball. Like what Jokic does as a player to make everybody else around him better. But then also when he needs to score and the ways that he's scoring, it's just like, even, even I as a Jokic hater, not again, mild Jokic hater for a long time had to be like, all right, fine. Uh, he kind of got one here. I, I think they were beating anybody too. That's the other thing is like, I think the Lakers might've beaten the heat and I think the Lakers might've beaten the Celtics. And, the way that they just like demolished the Lakers and really ultimately the Heat as well was this Nuggets team was going to beat anybody in this playoffs. There was no, there was no doubt about. It. They were the number one seed in the West. Yes, they were just they were the best team, beginning to end. I mean, they were the most convincing number one seed, but partially because they recognized that they were going to have this long playoff run and they rested Jokic a lot in the last month of the season to set it up which maybe cost him an MVP, but uh, finals MVP is a lot more important. And more important than anything is that he's going to be able to go home after this. I don't know if you caught like his post-game interview. No, what did he say? He just said, it's good. Now we can go home. We yeah. got the job done. Now we can go home. That's awesome. Ready to go to Ser back to, to Serbia. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I hate that you made me kind of like this team. It's fine. The beating the heat was like, it's, it's okay. 
You did lose your bet on the Heat, though. I did. That's fine. It, you don't bet on long shots expecting to win. Exactly. Don't tell Jan. Oh, no. You're never going to survive losing that $60. Uh, next up, congrats to Utah men's track on finishing track and field on finishing ninth at the NCAA Outdoor Championships, their first top ten finish since 1979. Nathan Green finished first in the 1500 meters, just ahead of teammate and defending champion Joe Wascom. The first time the same school has produced the top two finishers in that event since Oregon. Oh. In 2010. That slow school? <laughs> well, you know, they used to be fast, and then they lost their coach to UW, and now UW is fast. That is wild that coaches matter. Is it recruiting? I I assume there's got to be some technical aspect of Teaching it. people how to run faster? Yeah, I mean, there's like, you know, there's everything's technically to shave a, a little bit off your time. But yeah, it's pretty wild. Well... Most importantly, wait, they finished ninth. Oregon wasn't one of the eight schools ahead of them, right? I don't think so. Okay, that's all that I care about. <laughs> it's just a straight-up Northwest Championship and Utah men's track. Uh, let me double-check And this. let me just say, Wazoo is not a, not a concern there. <laughs> nor, nor in all likelihood is Oregon State, despite their proximity to Oregon and uh, that, that running history, certainly. Let's see if we have a uh, top okay, 10. Okay, you have, you have to confirm this, because as far as I'm concerned right now, this is the fastest school in the Northwest. Hmm, okay. It's not as easy to find as you would <laughs> like it to be, the list here. Okay, final results. Florida was the winner. Okay, that's fine. Fine with them. Don't care. Track and field. Literally only one score we're looking for. Where are the overall standings here? Oh, okay. So Oregon did finish fourth in the uh, women's, but uh, did not finish in the top 10 in the men's. Stanford was the, and Arizona State were ahead of UW among Pac 12 schools mm. after UW won the Pac 12 championship. But I don't like, like Stanford being faster. Decidedly than not in the Pacific Northwest, I will say. Okay. Fastest school in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. It displeases me for Stanford to be faster than UW, but I'll accept it as long as we are faster than Oregon. Oregon. Uh, all right, next up, congrats to Jordan Morris and Christian Roldan, both named to U.S. men's national team's roster for the Gold Cup, which begins June 24th. This does mean they'll be away from the Sounders for an extended period during this stretch, but uh, uh, still excited for Jordan and Christian. Next up, congrats to Lou Barnes, who became the first NUSL player to reach 200 career caps with Saturday's game. And uh, continues is the NWSL's all-time leader. Uh, switching sports, congrats to UW alum Nick Taylor, who became the first Canadian ever to win the RBC Canadian wow. Open, winning on the fourth playoff hole with a 72-foot eagle for his third career PGA win. Really? This is a pretty wild video to watch. We are a golf school. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's right. We're fast and we play golf. Watch out, Stanford. <laughs> I don't know how Stanford's golf program is. Base- I was watching their <laughs> baseball team yesterday. Went there, so yes. it was pretty Probably good. pretty good. Yeah. I was watching their baseball team yesterday and they kind of crushed Texas in the end. Mm-hmm. Oregon lost in the Super Regionals. Oh, they had that? that huge comeback against Oral Roberts. Yeah. And then Oral Roberts came back. Oral Roberts played. just taking down Dude. all the Pac-12 schools. Uh, yeah. Oral Roberts. <laughs> I was like, well, at least they beat Oregon, <laughs> they're, too. They're the Northwest champions <laughs> in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Oral Roberts. Where is Oral Roberts? Do we establish this? It's in Oklahoma. Okay. I believe I believe we determined Tulsa, but I, I, I would have to double check that. I'm going to wager to guess the person Oral Roberts had some pretty antiquated perspectives about 
all things. I, I just don't even want to look it up and find out. <laughs> you don't want to look at the... I don't know if Oral Roberts is like relevant or famous enough to have a controversy section, but I'm just going to say there's some questionable perspectives that the person Oral Roberts had. There is no controversy section. Oh, but it does say Roberts fundraising was controversial. <laughs> there we go. You could just like <laughs> set it in stone. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a person who started at college in Oklahoma. Uh huh. Yeah, we're just I just don't even want to go down that particular rabbit hole. You just found but, that. So did you control F for controversy? No, you just found it. I just was drawn to it like a moth <laughs> to a flame. All right, that's all we need to talk about the personal Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Last in our toasts, a congratulations to the Coachella Valley Firebirds who have taken a two nothing <laughs> lead in the Calder Cup Finals. Hershey. Ain't got nothing on Coachella Valley and there those cracking affiliated players. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're paying attention to. Look, there might have been a three-hour Sue Bird retirement ceremony that happened on Sunday, but most importantly was the Coachella Valley Firebirds and their 2-0 lead in the Cal- Caldera Cup Finals. <laughs> no, just Calder. Cal- Caldera? <laughs> no, there's Cal- no A in there. Oh, it's not a Caldera. No. Like like the no, volcano. No. no, okay. In the Calder Cup finals i know you look forward to this every single year <laughs> i've finally been engaged with it though uh almost they had as the much score. as the rbc canadian <laughs> Open. yeah i was in the outdoor track and field championships i'm yeah. learning about all sorts of new things this week <laughs> i was watching live on the 72 foot eagle and i was like i damn near fell out of my chair uh i think many people were actually watching were they? that live it's I'm, on cbs it's I think. a very popular event yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the PGA Tour. To me, the PGA Tour is on the same <laughs> equilibrium as UW Men's Track and the NCAA Outdoor Championships. <sighs> I'm like, who could be? Is this on ESPN Plus, <laughs> Root Sports Plus, Outdoor Channel? Jim uh, Nance was announcing it. <laughs> That's Nick, Nick fucking Taylor to you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, they had the score of the Coachella Valley Firebirds game on, on the bottom, like sports. often, often during yeah. the Mariners games. And it was like, who is out there? I understand that they have the Kraken TV rights. The corporate synergy of it all. Like, oh, that's definitely what it was. We all knew what was going on. Look, I could smell corporate synergy from a mile away, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I also really, t- today there was some news about another sports company, had some uh, skepticism about uh, when tech companies or uh, Silicon Valley type companies intersect with the world of sport and try to change a thing and then all of a sudden become exactly that thing. I don't think that particular criticism is fair, but we are not going to get into that on this on this podcast, <clears throat> I would say. But I just, I, I had some uh, cynicism about it, about the whole thing. But... When I saw that corporate uh, 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 synergy between the Mariners and their TV partner, the Kraken, and the Coachella Valley Firebirds, when they had that at the, the score at the bottom, like often or whatever, I was like, let's freaking go, Firebirds. All right, lastly, in this section, we have to issue a correction for last week's pod. We said last week that the Mariners' Italian contingent had been reduced to zero with Sam Onofrio Hagerty getting sent down. That was not actually true at the time because they had missed that Matt Festa had rejoined the bullpen <clears throat> the first weekend of June. 
But sadly, it did then go to zero last Friday when Festa was sent down to make room for Penn Murphy's return from the injured list. So we were just ahead of time on that particular poor sum out. Did they call somebody up? So Penn Murphy subsequently got injured. They called someone else up. We'll was it Ty Adcock? Yes. Who they called up. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, Hagerty, in his first two games at Tacoma, stole three bases. Oh, yes, he did. Just just torturing those minor league uh, minor league catchers down there. So, all right. We also have a little quick Seattle Portland Seattle food update. I, I don't know. I the Portland. You forgot food. about something on here as well. What's that? We have to talk Vegas food at least for a second. Oh, you're right. We do have to talk Vegas food. I completely forgot about that. Uh, but first, we have to update people that Taco Time Northwest posted on social media Monday that the Taco Burger is quote disappearing again soon. So, if you haven't had a chance to try the Taco Burger, if you did have a chance and enjoyed it as much as Tristan did, then <laughs> you, you better get there soon. Me? <laughs> well, Not among you. the people on the podcast, you were the biggest advocate of the Taco Burger. You think so? I think so. I haven't had one in months. I, I actually have had one more recently than that, so I guess maybe not. Maybe you weren't the best. I haven't had taco time in a long time. I'm just now. I literally do not remember the last time I had taco time. All right, now should we talk? Uh, I also want to shout out, the, we talked about last week about the Pagliacci, the new pizzas uh, from our sponsor. Uh, I tried the Burrata Soprasada uh-huh. uh, yesterday. Top notch. Oh. Just outstanding stuff. I can't wait. Yeah. Look, there's no Seattle Mariners type situation going on at Pagliacci where there aren't enough Italians. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, suppose that may be the case. All right, let's talk about Vegas then. You, you hated our first No, I didn't hate our Vegas. first dinner. I, I just... It was fine. The Lotus, Lotus Asylum. Honestly, it was really good. The meal was really good. I think I was uh, tired and grumpy. As you can kind of end up in Vegas. A, a common occurrence. You're, you're like very red right now. Is that still from Vegas? No. Or is it just because of the fact that it's 100 degrees? In this I think it's, right it's 100 degrees. <laughs> I'm definitely sweating through this podcast. Uh, Lotus of Siam. I think it was you, when you're in Vegas, you start drinking early. Sometimes like 10.30 a.m. or whatever. By like 6 p.m., you either... if. If you're going out for the night, for a long night, you take a nap, you reset, then you get going for later. As we were, we didn't have a chance to do that. So you kind of, you, you get a little bit snippy. <laughs> you were definitely snippy. Whatever. Sure. I'm, should I be upset for wanting to have gone to the Italian family restaurant, Batista's? Should I apologize for that? Mr. Oh, Matt Festa update on the podcast. We shouldn't go to Batista's Italian family restaurant. Like, I don't think that is... It. Granted, they were closed. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that's something that I was out of line for saying would have been fun. The timing of it probably wouldn't have worked. Because they closed shockingly early. But do you not want to have old school Italian type food? It was weird. I told Jan about this and she was like, it would probably be disappointing. And I'm like, I don't... Like, we Bro. are so far removed. Look, Jan ain't cooking Italian food. You know what I mean? Look, you and I are cooking a lot more Italian food than Jan is. Agreed. And no offense. She's not listening. She had she went to Vegas and ate at Popeye's. Popeye's, yeah. So 
This is not the person who I need to be telling me that I'm going to be disappointed by an Italian meal. It's been a long time since we've eaten our grandparents' Italian food. I think I would have been very happy with average Italian food and bottomless table wine. necessarily say bottomless, but yes, free. Yes, it did. It did it? Yes. Okay. Uh, So the second day we were there, uh, for lunch we went to the Aurea Food Court. They've got now a a food hall kind of competing with Vidara, not far. Uh, and the place that I wanted to go there that I was very excited about was Soulburn because the, the chef there was one of the judges on this most recent Top Chef season. I guess it doesn't necessarily say bottomless. It just says free. That's... All dinners include minestrone soup or Italian salad, garlic bread, pasta side, homemade cappuccino, free house wine included with dinner, red or white. Hmm. I might have jumped to the conclusion of the <laughs> word bottomless. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't think bottomless unless I specifically see the word bottomless. Okay, that's 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 a good rule, actually. <laughs> it is a good rule, <laughs> just just in life in general. Uh, and so I had their I basically... all dinners include free house wine with dinner. Although, if you would like other wine than the house wine, we have a nice selection of wine to purchase to go along with your dinner. I don't know that that necessarily changes my opinion on it. Uh, I had their flagship chicken sandwich, and it was quite outstanding. It looked really good, actually. Yeah. So, uh, that was great, great. And then for dinner, well, wait, what did you have? Did was your your lunch at Aria notable? Oh, I mean, it was incredible. I had, okay. I had uh, New York style deli, and I had a Reuben sandwich. What, what was the name of the deli there? I don't remember. <laughs> Dynamite podcasted. But I don't think that the, we don't need to to get into that. I think it's very nice. It was good food. It's not as notable as the meal we had the next night. Well, that night. Which is when we went to Best Friend, Roy Choi's restaurant in the Park MGM. I've wanted to go there for a long period of time. have looked too late to be able to make reservations this time. That's, by the way, the proper eats food hall at the, the Aria. And uh, you went to the Wexler's Deli, it appears, is where you got that. It was freaking great. Yeah. Uh, this time, made the reservation well in advance. Was able to get one for all five of us. You... Me, Mrs. Fantasy Genius, the famous cousin Katie, and her husband Ben. Oh, and the famous cousin Katie regaled us <laughs> with amazing conversation. She was engaging. She was the MVP. Of the, the MVP. Table, for sure. Sure. Anywhere the famous cousin Katie goes. So we we got more or less their chef's menu, but basically turned turned it over to the to our waiter to kind of bring us what he, what he thought would make sense. Oh, and shouts to the waiter also. Yeah, for, I mean he held it down. Yes. As far as just like making sure it was an incredible meal for the exact same price, I think even slightly less with a bunch of add-ons than the chef's menu. Like it, it was an incredible experience. But you said this is Roy Choi's only brick and mortar restaurant. Uh, don't quote me on that. I don't know that I fact checked that one. I said a lot of things when we were running around in lifts in Vegas that turned out not to be accurate. <laughs> when I fact checked them later, and I was like, "What were the drivers thinking when I said?" This thing about the who owns the Cosmopolitan that is wildly incorrect. <laughs> when the Formula One race is happening? <laughs> no, no. We, I did look that one up. Yeah, I was correct on that one. Uh, I think this was... It was not the best meal that I've ever had in Vegas. I still think Momofuku is probably... As far as signature dishes and special dishes, I think Momofuku has kind of... Has the, has the crown. Over Roy Choi's best friend. Roy, the best friend also is significantly cheaper than Momofuku. Like when you're talking about those signature items from Momofuku, they are absurdly expensive, but they are pretty special. Yes. 
And and I will admit that they stand out just a tiny bit more than Best Friend, but the items from Best Friend that they do, they do in an almost perfect way. I thought the squash was the best squash that I've basically ever had in my entire it life. It was so good. I have never had any feelings positive or negative about squash. And this made me feel like I want to learn how to cook squash this way. You got mad at me. So it's pretty mm-hmm. funny. Well, I thought it's, the waiter said corner squash, which you pick. And I confidently said squash. Oh, aggressively said squash. I, I just, I thought we were going to all be like giving me a three hour <laughs> ceremony for an agreement with how good squash is. A three hour ceremony. I, and I got back and I was telling Jan about it. Jan was like, squash, how could that be good? I'm like, first off, okay. Whatever it is, it's better than Popeyes. But no offense, Popeyes, incredible. But just we have plenty of Popeyes in Seattle. You don't need to go to Vegas to get it. I have loved squash forever. I thought we were all on the same page about the deliciousness of squash. But so I confidently said that. You all disagreed with me. Made them have corn as well. I did not eat a bite of corn. I would not ever. It was mostly Katie and I. I got to say the the corn was... Totally solid, but compared to everything else on the table, I was not using my my precious stomach space on that corn. That's a miso squash, right? Correct. So, it, so it's marinated in miso for like 24 hours. With a miso glaze as well. Whew, that yeah. was incredible. Uh, there was, what do they call the platter of different different meats? I think it's just a barbecue plate, basically. Just a barbecue plate, right? Barbecue platter, yeah. So there's garlic chicken on it, a spicy pork on it. Yep. And some type of steak on it? Golby bone-in short rib. Oh, the call, call, oh yeah, that bone-in short rib. And to me, the Flanken-style short rib is like my favorite food in the entire world. It, it's so thin, but that means that the flavor is the part. They do this at Costco quite a bit, the Flanken-style short ribs, and they have them at Fred Meyer sometimes. It is, if you ever see it, just get it. Don't even question it. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I will make it in like soy sauce or something like that like a teriyaki sauce and then put a bunch of a fruit like an orange like orange or a pineapple or a mango or whatever it is always the best food that i can ever eat so seeing that i thought was pretty incredible on there the whole plate was just like just fucking injected straight into my veins (laughs) don't because then i couldn't taste it but i get what you're saying yeah, so I think that and the squash were by far the two highlights for me. And, and then also the tacos, obviously. The, oh, my God. The Galvey Street tacos that are direct from Kogi, uh, Roy Choi's food trucks. The tacos were incredible. Uh, the dessert was incredible. There's a strawberry cheesecake that was kind of unlike anything I've ever seen before. It almost, this is not an offensive way to, to say it, kind of reminded me of a Dairy Queen dessert. <laughs> Because there was like the like really bright red crust on the outside of the strawberry cheesecake, yeah, and then the cheesecake, and then a little bit of strawberry on the inside. That was yeah, the, there was layers to it. Exceptional, uh, and also the uh, date cake. Oh, the date cake as well. But I'm saying the salted buns, complimentary, oh, complimentary yeah. buns, just Hawaiian buns, perfectly done. I mean, literally, anytime somebody says Hawaiian buns, the answer is yes. But, but also, if they're buttering and salting it too, salted butter buns like come on uh so the waiter advised that we take the pork from the tray from the from the barbecue plate and put them on the buns and make little pork sandwiches you didn't have to be advised of that 
It was nice to know to wait, though, because yeah. you get those buns and you want to eat them all right away. Which we both did. We both did immediately eat one. But I, some, I guess we had enough that we were able to eat two each. So. I think this was probably the second best ever meal that I've ever had in Vegas because it had the combination of incredible food. It was a unique experience. Exactly. Uh, like, I think Best Friend in general as a restaurant is, it's a different style of restaurant. It's extraordinarily loud. There's the little like bodega place on the outside and the restaurant on the inside. It doesn't feel, I'm going to say this right now, it doesn't feel exceptionally contrived. You have to understand that you're in like the home of capitalism inside <laughs> of Vegas. So everything is going to be at least a little bit contrived, but you're kind of like there. It's, it's like listening to a really like good pop album and you're like, I get it. This is an expensive pop album. You know what I mean? But it's also really fucking good. Yeah. Like, look, Olivia Rodrigo is like highly produced. Oh yeah. But still enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But you're like, Good for you. I mean, come on. Uh, do you have any takes on Secret Pizza the next day? I thought it was great. I love Secret Pizza. It was very solid. I was worried spot. we weren't going to get to Secret Pizza while we were there. And that it's like a must-go-to at some point in Vegas, in my opinion. It's the first time I've been there in years. Really? Oh, yeah. It is not a, a must-go-to for me. I, that's kind of wild. And the first time the, I haven't gone NBA to people the... don't like to go there. Well, well, see, the thing is, normally when people are going to Secret Pizza, it's like they're going at like 1 a.m. and it's your second dinner. But when you eat your they're, first dinner at 10 p.m., they're like open we till always four. do, I, there's do, not do as much room for second dinner. All the, are you going down there for Summer League? Don't know yet. We'll see. Okay. Is Wemby going to be there? <laughs> we'll see. Full on, we'll see. On all things? Okay. And who knows who will draft him? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Complete mystery. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> tune in June 22nd to the uh, ESPN live stream to find out. But oh, the live stream only, huh? Not the broadcast. Well, well more details on that to come. Hello. Uh, but you know this, right? I, I do. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm aware of these details. But I do think, could you win points with the ESPN writers by showing them secret pizza? Is, this, is there a chance they don't know? I don't think so. Okay. First off, I. I it's not necessarily ESPN writers, or, but, uh, or NBA basketball writers. Uh, I, I mean, there's that, no that way secret, that everybody knows. That secret is pretty well out by this point, except for the one guy who did ask us where we got we, the pizza. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of confusing when you're up there if you haven't been there before. It's I, not that obvious. I had kind of forgotten where it was until I had walked through the third floor the day before, and it's trying a to get floor to the above the block sixteen. Yes. So, okay. All right, do you still want to do this Blazers vibe check? Yeah. All right, we'll do that next week. Yeah, let's do a Blazers five check next week. Okay. Uh, I assume there are no hot takes this week. There. Oh. It's time for. It's definitely not like you're going to be like, wow, how early we got to this. It's time for your favorite segment. Don't burn yourself. We got Mariners hot takes coming at you. Did I forget to write Mariners hot takes this week? No. The Mariners forgot to show up this weekend. Both in San Diego, game two, which we bet on, and two out of three games against the Angels. So guess what? You think you're going to see them in the rundown, but they're not over 500. So we'll see you next week, Mariners. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> wow. Well, I do have notes on them uh, as they are back home after. You the- have to say the notes just because you wrote them down? I do. Two and six road trip. <laughs> uh, 
I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this uh, uh, rundown style. <laughs> You're just gonna nod. Okay. On the plus side, Brian Wu did make a stronger start in the Mariners' lone win over the Angels wow. last weekend, going four and a two thirds innings. Uh, did not get credit Hello. for the win because of that. Uh, <laughs> then Sunday saw Logan Gilbert get rocked for eight hits and seven runs oh. in just three plus innings. Uh, Mariners did bounce back Monday night, a strong start to their homestand, taking on the Miami Marlins. Uh, with what was, what was the final in that one? Was it nine to one? Eight to one. Eight to one. Three home runs in that one. Big night for Ty France. So I, I did not realize that all of Ty France's home runs have come out at home. All six of them. Really? Yeah. And uh, another strong start for Bryce Miller in that one. Six his ERA is over run. four. I was kind of shocked by that. The one bad start in, in Texas, right? I think he had a couple. Atlanta wasn't great. Yeah. I mean, it, it, man, I hate that I'm engaging with this. <laughs> I said they were off the rundown. Uh it went to show, looking at his ERA, that having a re- and look to the extent that ERA matters, but kind of maybe starts mattering with Logan Gilbert. I don't really give a fuck about the advanced stats because he's kind of sucked. Uh, but well, we know you don't think the Raiders pitching staff has been very good. You didn't uh, think the Raiders pitching staff have been very good when they had been the best. When the they were good. Now that they're <laughs> bad, they're still not good. Uh, being consistently really really great is how you have like it, it showed me that it's not that easy to have a very very low era it, it is not no if it was more people would do it uh as we mentioned at the in the rundown section pen murphy returned to the injured list after leaving his first appearance back with the team on sunday he was replaced by ty adcock who had been at double a arkansas made his major league debut on monday night in the win over the marlins pitched a pair of or, uh, yeah, a pair of scoreless innings. I'm going to give the one. hot take later that the Mariners are just ignoring Tacoma. <laughs> it is very fascinating. They constantly call. It. I mean, they've called up a lot of relievers already from Tacoma, so I assume that is why they went to Double A Arkansas. For, they are for just I, like Double A is the new Triple A. The amount of players who've been called up from Double A straight to the majors is kind of wild. Yes. So you know who else forgot to participate recently? Mariners fans in all-star voting. It is not looking like 2001 when they had, what, like seven of the nine starters? Wow, is that the only way that this season doesn't look like 2001? <laughs> all-star can't, voting? Can't think of any other way. Uh, no Mariners are higher than fifth in their position in the first round of all-star returns. Julio Rodriguez is ninth among outfielders. And I know he's not having a great season, but come on. It's a fucking all-star game, and Julio Rodriguez is extraordinarily fun to watch. Like really, he bet they you're, better. You're more excited to to see George Springer in the All Star game. Than okay, Julio. the people of Toronto are very good at voting on this. Well, I, I will, Look, maybe the people of Seattle. Weirdly, you know who's doing amazing at All Star voting? Who? Jose Caballero is sixth among second I mean, come I don't on. get it. Don't you want Caballero on the All Star game? I don't not want Jose Caballero on the All Star game. Maybe there's no Blue Jay to vote for. Look, way down there south of Toronto. <laughs> There's not that much happening in the Deep South. They don't have a lot of other things to do other than voting in the All-Star game. Also, if you know when the Mariners play the Blue Jays, it's an entire fucking country I'm, of I'm people aware. who are voting for this. Well, it's not George Springer's not like the only player. He was just the one I remembered off the top no, of my head. No, they have like leading vote-getters in multiple... It's like Bo Bichette's an All-Star right now. Like They have the leading vote-getter in a lot of categories. You know that the MLB goes in and tampers with it though, right? <laughs> Do they? Yeah, they they reduce the Canadian <laughs> votes. Come on. 
They, they, in the same way that the Canadian dollars review. Yeah, they re- apply an exchange rate. Yeah, they expl- apply an exchange rate. I don't right. know who let them vote on our all-star game. <laughs> <laughs> this is strictly for people of the North. Oh, boy. All right. Well, moving on. Do you to know this. this is the northernmost possible all-star game? I guess that's true. Yeah. Wow. Think about that. I did not think about that. Yeah. The sun is going to set at like 11.15. I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> uh, do not, you ever seen Seattle in July? That's it. Kind of sounded like the pilot in in airplane. You ever seen this Seattle in July? Mm-hmm. Bobby. <laughs> His name's Bobby, right? That sounds yeah. right. If it isn't, it's close enough. All right, let's talk about the Sounders, who had a wild three three draw Saturday in Queen City, which saw Charlotte FC answer all three Sounders goals with one of their own. The first of those came from Christian Roldan, making his first start since dealing with a concussion. The other two came from Raul Ruiz, matching his previous MLS output this season, so that was exciting to see. Yet the Sounders couldn't make any of them stand up, surrendering the final equalizer in the 89th minute. Sounders were outshot, but had more... Joey. Joey. Had more shots on goal. In fact, Stefan Fry did not record a single save in this game, in which... Charlotte FC scored three times. Sounders still second in the West, but maybe not by the time they play next. Uh, their opponents will make up some of the matches in hand. They lost Sanders... like a USL team? Drew with a USL team? <laughs> oh, this team's in MLS they now? Are, they are, the yes. Charlotte FC? Yeah. Wow. The Queen City? Yeah. Huh. Uh, they, those teams will make up some of their matches in hand with the Sounders off this weekend before playing midweek next week. Uh, at home, OL Reign did better. Uh, despite seeing midfielder slash MC Megan Rapino leave in the seventh minute with an apparent calf injury, still beat Kansas City 2-1 to one in a rematch of last year's NWSL semifinals loss. Sofia Huerta stepping in for Megan Rapino in this role converted a penalty for a handball in the 36th minute, later set up Jordan Heidema with a cross to make it 2 nothing in the 68th. Same scoreline through stoppage time when Isabel Rodriguez started home a goal for the current to add a little tension to the closing minutes, but the rain still saw out the victory. They remain tied for third, a point off the pace in the NWSL standings as they head on the road Saturday in Houston. Dash have been the league's most average team. They are seventh in the standings with an even goal differential. <laughs> Completely even, Steven. <laughs> Jerry. Yeah. I don't know whether this... Which, who was up in that one? Was George doing well and, and Elaine was doing poorly? I think that's right. Okay, so this, the rain are George in this particular tortured metaphor. This was when they were doing the opposite, right? No. No, I don't think it was that. What, or was it? Oh, maybe it was. it was. When oh. George is doing the opposite of yeah. every instinct he had. <laughs> he tells the woman that he lives at home with his parents. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, Seattle Storm. That was uh, Krista Taylor. Is that her name? You take a, uh, the Ben Stiller's wife? No. She did it, Jerry. Mm. This is from, from that 70s show. Or not to, from the Drew Carey show and from Scrubs. Oh, Krista Miller. Krista Miller. Yes. That's her name. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> good stuff. Good podcast. <laughs> Dynamite podcast, dude. <laughs> I've been listening to This, this is, is why we've been going for almost 10 years. We've <laughs> <laughs> got to like this. That was, uh, uh, was what's her name? Uh, you know, from. Uh, 
Who cares? We'll no, see. I've been listening to. I I've been doing a Seinfeld rewatch while sleeping. This one I, does. I was gonna say this one does. <laughs> I'm on the Cheever letters. It is really season four. It's just like you want to always deny it, but it's kind of like good that's where God. that's where they're finding their fastball. But it's not even that they are finding their fastball. It's maybe the greatest season of TV of all time. Uh, like I I will put it up against anything as a sitcom. Like fucking twenty two episodes. Yeah. Sitcom. It is wild how good and consistent it is. Anyway, I just came to the conclusion that Seinfeld's good. <laughs> wow. So, you know, but I've, so I've been listening to this podcast. I would just literally search Seinfeld on Spotify for podcasts. Cause I was like, I just, I can't listen to anything about sports right now. All sports are bad. Somehow a team called the Nuggets won the championship. And, uh, you can only record podcasts about sports. Although it, it, like, to be fair, this, this podcast has barely been about sports. The look if there was a podcast about Roy Choi's best friend menu, I would have pulled that up too. Uh, but but so, well, we should have him on to discuss Roy. Oh, Choi's. Does he fuck with that? Yeah. Okay. What does he famously? Well, he, is he on fucking Scott Van Pelt's show talking about Roy Choi? He was one of the people I DM'd with about it. Yeah. Well, I don't. You don't show me your DMs anymore. I, I very uh, clear. I'm very certain I told you that. I didn't know. Okay. Well, shouts to Parmel. Yeah. He's a good rack. Anyway. We have had, literally had him on for a Vegas food podcast. I've you weren't there. We cut you out. Listening to this podcast called Signcast with these two dudes, just like very in-depthly talking about every single episode and every single scene in each episode. How long are the podcasts about they, each episode? They were like an hour and 20 minutes or about so. About a 22-minute network sitcom. Yes. Nice. Uh, they are very in-depth. I wouldn't say that they're informative per se. Sometimes <laughs> you'll like... Get, like they talk about who all they like guess I don't even know if this is a popular podcast I literally <laughs> found it that's all I'm saying and so on one episode that I was listening to it was recorded in 2015 and they did every episode and they were done and they were like you know that lift is getting pretty popular lately <laughs> and like neither of them really had like a confident perspective about lift and I was I really realized that 2015 was a hundred years so ago long ago they were talking about riding around in taxis in New York City. And to circle it back around Seinfeld season four style, you had the ultimate sneak in Las Vegas, which in the year 2023 of our Lord is taking a taxi instead of taking Lyft. So much faster from the airport. Cannot recommend if it. I, yeah, enough. if I could give one recommendation from going to Vegas, it is not any of the restaurants or anything else. <laughs> it is not waiting for Lyft and instead taking a taxi from the airport airport yeah so there you go buried 58 minutes into this podcast <laughs> your, your biggest advice uh you know i would i was just so impressed with the idea and there were hundreds of taxis there waiting to take so us many just just happy to do it <sighs> how'd the storm do <laughs> well, they dropped both ends of a home set to the Washington Mystics over the weekend. Probably pretty exhausted after that ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was post-game. Oh, the ceremony was... You had to Wait, sit through a that? storm basketball game and then have three hours? They should have just canceled the game. You know that the ceremony was much longer than the game itself, right? The original plan was to have like players do the post-game press conference afterwards. And mercifully, they called that off and... Noel Quinn did speak after they did talk to reporters after the game, but it was mostly just about Sam. Uh, so on Friday night they played. How much without, for the basketball to talk about? 
On Friday night, they played without Jewel Lloyd due to a foot injury. Noel Quinn described it as something that Lloyd has been dealing with on an ongoing basis, but Lloyd later dismissed any concern about it. Played really well without Lloyd and were in the game behind 24 points and three blocks from Ezi Megbegor, but still lost by seven in that one. Lloyd returned on Sunday, was joined in the starting lineup by rookie Jordan Horston, who replaced Mercedes Russell. Playing without Elena Deladon due to neck soreness, the Mystics still started off hot from downtown while the Storm struggled to score, allowing Washington to build a 27-point lead at one point in this one. The lead was still 21 going to the fourth quarter, but the crowd of 13,000-plus that turned out for the Suvard ceremony came into play fueling a 17-0 Storm run to start the fourth. Within, they were within three with 248 left, but did not score the rest uh, of the way did the crowd leave? another close loss. The 13,000 strong? Did they all leave? No, they still oh, for the ceremony. I, I guess it doesn't matter then. Huh? You're just like giving the crowd credit for the 17-0 run, but then, then oh. they don't finish off the run. Well, the crowd had no factor in it. I'm just saying. Like, they were very loud starting the fourth quarter, despite the fact that the team was down 21. Like, I give them a lot of credit for that. Okay, fair enough. We saw a second lineup change. They should have been cheering against that 17-0 oh, run. They the, should have been out there being... For the being... ping pong balls? For what? For the ping pong balls? Oh, yeah! You think this team is going to be doing anything? It's... You, look, close losses are not a bad outcome for the Storm right now. Uh, we saw a second lineup change to start the second half on Sunday with Ivana Dojkic replacing Yvonne Turner at point guard. Turner did not play in the second half, suggesting Dojkic will likely get the start on Tuesday in Phoenix. If that does happen, that would give the Storm a pair of rookies in the starting five with Horston also starting. Uh, that's the opener of a three-game road trip that also takes the Storm to Las Vegas. Probably they should I, not I like check odds. out Roy Choi's best friend. <laughs> no, they should. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, they just have fun. You're uh, not going to win a basketball game. And then also to Dallas on Saturday before coming home next week. Hopefully they're Dallas listening and realize they should take taxis. <laughs> <laughs> they have a bus. They're, they're okay. They'll be stuck in the traffic. Oh, but that's true. They do not need to arrange their own private transportation from the airport. Okay, let's say that the storm <laughs> don't win a game for the rest of the year. It's not going to happen. Let's say the Storm win a couple of games. I mean, they're the worst team in the WNBA at this point, right? Probably. Where do they finish in the two-year lottery? Look, this is fun. We're not talking the Storm. We're talking about Caitlin Clark right now. Right. The Storm are irrelevant. So it kind of this depends. Current like the best team. The best thing that can happen for them is Indiana making the playoffs. Okay. Because Indiana just had such a terrible record last season that they are... Very unlikely to be passed if they make if they don't make the playoffs. Uh, Indiana currently two and six, a half game out of the eighth playoff seed. Okay, so there's a pretty big gap. A half game out of the eighth playoffs. There's seven and two and six. This is like the Mariners should join this league. <laughs> I mean, They're like, we could be how bad and make the playoffs. I mean, there's a lot of wild cards in the WNBA. They're two and six and a half game. Well, there are seven teams, five hundred or better, in the WNBA right now. Scott's service is desperate for a situation like that. We, we, that is Jerry Depoto's dream. We, it's we, really we, it's it's a, a, a John what's his name's dream oh, yes. <laughs> to be the John worst team. team. Yeah, John Stanton's dream. <laughs> so I could be the worst team in the league and still maybe make the playoffs. So we'll never sign a free agent again. <laughs> After wait, what is the dude's name? <laughs> AJ Pollock? No, the dude who's the highest paid player. Sure. I don't, I don't no, the highest it. paid free agent of the Mariners of Jerry Depoto's tenure. Oh, Robbie Ray? No, well the second the second most. 
It was some like role player. We talked about this like a few weeks ago. You're talking about the the Japanese player that I can never remember. Who <laughs> yeah, it was. Him. yeah, Archimedes Pozo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember Archimedes Pozo. <laughs> he's Look. he's he's like this is a great way to construct a team. I can either the first pick of the draft or make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. Uh you know who it was, the guy. Nori Aoki. Oh yeah, Nor Norichiko Aoki. No, he's he Steve Aoki has pizza in the other <laughs> Nori Aoki does not, sadly. It's just called Pizza Aoki. We don't know which <laughs> Aoki it is. Yeah. It could be he could have taken some of that Mariner's money that he got and invested <laughs> into a pizza place. <laughs> so anyway, there's seven teams five hundred. Nobody else is better than two and five in the league. So the storm actually is only a game out of the playoffs themselves. Oh right now. <laughs> out one and six. Oh Lord. So I don't know it's a little too early to be checking the two year standards. It's kind of a dope league you got there though. <laughs> where a couple of the teams where they actually have kind of been beaten occasionally. Oh, the Liberty have not been I mean they're six and two, but they've been they've been a lot of close wins. Now, Vegas is Running away. The only loss they, they lost? suffered on Thursday night while we were there, while I was watching in the sports book. Oh, the I Aces lose. Highly noted that uh, when we had bet on the Golden Knights, the Golden Knights, they lost. That they lost, and then the next game they won comfortably. That is that is accurate. So, but Connecticut has put themselves very much in the mix with the super teams at eight and two. Not as good a point differential as the Liberty. <laughs> but who's on the Connecticut on the Sun? Uh, Brianna Jones and Alyssa Thomas are still holdovers from the team that made the WNBA Finals last year. Dewana Bonner, who scored 41 points, a career they high. The Did they? Yeah. They played against the Aces? Yeah. Just got rocked. They lost 3-1. Okay. Same as the Storm. It was the All-Casino Final the, last year. But the year. Storm had like a really good 3-1. I mean, they did lose game three after Super had made the go-ahead three with under five seconds remaining. Did Probably she talk she about wouldn't. that? She did not. I would have had 45 minutes on that. <laughs> oh, no. <God. laughs> oh, no. That's such a horrible loss. So the Seahawks <laughs> wrapped up mandatory OTAs last week. Not a lot of super newsy developments, I would say, from OTAs. The most discussed thing was that number five pick Devin Witherspoon spent some time playing in the slot uh, in the idea presumably being that if he he would start on the outside and then when the Seahawks go to nickel would move into the slot potentially so that they could use either Michael Jackson or Trey Brown in that outside corner role where both of those guys have had success as starters the last couple of years. And then also partially because of the fact that it's fucking June. No one cares. Well, you're trying <laughs> stuff out. get a life by talking. <laughs> I definitely had I had a tingling earlier when I saw the Seahawks press photos for the next year, and I was like, "Oh, football's kind of coming." It's, yeah, I mean, like so they were like, you know, training camp starts at late July. I was like, "That's so long from now." And then I looked it up, and it was then I thought it's about it. It's still a while. It it's like, a while. It's a month and a half. It's not that long. There's time. It's not that long. Uh, Kobe Bryant also missed time during the OTAs due to injury. He should be fine for training camp. So that that was probably also a factor. It did mean that Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba worked against each other a fair bit during OTAs. Uh, according to Mike Sean, Jackson Smith and Jigba got the better of those matches. I mean, he, he is playing where he's comfortable, yes. But literally, I think from anything we've heard about OTAs, he has not been covered one time. 
Look, if Jackson Smith and Jigba is healthy, he is going to gain so many yards. I mean, the only reason preventing him from gaining so many yards is that Tyler Lockett is also always open, and DK Metcalf is very good at contested catches. <laughs> I think this team is going to be... <laughs> I guess what I just said is his weakness is exposure. I think this team is going to be, if everybody is healthy, really good on offense. I hope so. Like, I think the Seahawks might have a top five offense next year. It's in the realm of possibility. I mean, I think it probably comes down to, you know, what kind of interior offensive line play they get. I, I th- really think it, open wide receivers are maybe more important than interior offensive line play. And if there's anything that Geno can do is hit wide open wide receivers. I don't know. Look, it's June. I'm I'm not going to not be excited about Jackson Smith and Jigba until there's a reason not to. Oh, I agreed with that. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's any lack of excitement about Jackson Smith and Jigba on my part. I'm just saying his stats might be limited by the fact that he's playing with a team that already has one of the NFL's best receiver duos. I mean, but just the, the three of them. Yeah. And, and I, you know, like the running back core, this team is going to be, this is going to be really fucking good offense. But it's June, and every team's going to have a really fucking good offense. Exactly. And we shouldn't talk about football yet. <laughs> well, we should talk a little about football, but this is probably the appropriate amount to talk about football. A little less than we talked about Roy Choi's best friend. I mean, you But know. maybe slightly more than we talked about taxis in Las Vegas. Unclear. <laughs> <laughs> Which we talked about more. Honestly, that was a lot better sneak. Uh, they have a lot of games on holidays this year. Like the Seahawks were like ranking their games on holiday, or they they announced the theme games, and I was yeah. like, "What do you think the theme is going to be for December thirty first? <laughs> what do you think the theme is going to be for the fourth Thursday in November? Like, <laughs> all of the themes are just the holiday that they're playing on. Yeah, it's going to be a weird season, and this offense is going to be good. On that note, thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs>